Welcome to Green and Gold Forever. I'm Eric Drews, broadcasting from Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and we'll be joined shortly here by Matt McLean out in lacrosse. And for the fourth consecutive week, we have a Green Bay Packers victory to talk about. And it seems like for multiple weeks in a row now, we've also had a bunch of Packers injuries to talk about. So those are the two big stories coming out of yesterday's 31-17 win over the Arizona Cardinals at Lambeau Field. And uh, we'll have a lot to say about that. And also, we're going to revisit our preseason NFL picks and we're going to either back or bail some of our picks and decide uh, the ones we want to stand by and then the ones where we were just way off. So that should be a fun segment as well. Um, let's bring Matt in here and uh, talk about the game yesterday and uh, another weird one for the Packers. Played with a lot of backups. Uh, personally, it didn't really feel like they ever had a, a chance to lose that game. So I think at one part, it's definitely um, encouraging to see them win with so many backups. But on the other hand... They keep losing a lot of really important people. So I guess which story did you think was more important out of yesterday's game? Well, I think it's the injury one for sure. I mean, obviously a great win, and it's nice to add that on before the bye, put another win in the win total for this season. But we've seen over the over the last few years that, uh, you know, it's, it's what matters is what you do in the playoffs. And if this team keeps getting this banged up and has nobody left by the time we get to the playoffs, I mean, you know, there's no chance we're going to make a run. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's where this is a lot different. Than, I hear a lot of people comparing it to 2010, but I think this is a lot different in terms of the people who were losing. Mm-hmm. Um, and even just the mass quantity. I know we just had a ton back then, too, but it seems like everybody is, is having injury issues right now except for Aaron Rodgers, which is, thank goodness that he's not. But <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I think that's the big story coming out of this, just Everybody getting banged up, and you couldn't ask for a better time for a buy than right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree, and uh, I guess we could touch on this right away since the injuries, I agree, is definitely the big story coming out of yesterday. Um, <laughs> we said in the off season, or at least I said, and I think you agreed with me, where this team pretty much is driven completely by Aaron Rodgers, and if he stays healthy, they always had a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, they're putting that a little bit more to the test than I ever thought they would have to, <laughs> quite frankly. All you hear about is 2010. They've done this in 2010. And I look back at the injured list from 2010, and here are the names of people they lost. They lost a ton of them, but check out the names, and then I'll read the ones who are injured now. Nick Barnett, Josh Bell, Morgan Burnett, Brandon Chiller, Jermichael Finley, Ryan Grant, Justin Harrell, Spencer Havener, Brad Jones, Derek Martin, Mike Neal, Marshall Newhouse, Brady Papinga, Anthony Smith, and Mark Tauscher, uh, keeping in mind that Mark Tauscher hardly played for the team. Newhouse, Neal, and Morgan Burnett were rookies who hardly played at all. And <laughs> I mean, that's a long list, but nobody really sticks out that actually was that important. And uh, contrasting that to this year, uh, DJ Smith, Cedric Benson, uh, Mike McCabe, DeMarco Cosby, Johnny Jones, Derek Sherrod, Brandon Sane, Ray Dominguez, Desmond Bishop, Clay Matthews, Darrell Worthy, John Kuhn, Sam Shields, Brian Bulaga, Jordy Nelson, Charles Woodson, Nick Perry, Greg Jennings, and of course Frank Zombo, who's going to be on the injured list till about 2031, I think. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and I think we do have the benefit a little bit of being able to look back on this now. At the time, that Jermichael Finley injury was devastating, and after what we had seen from him in 2009, and I would also say that the Grant one seemed huge at the time. So, I mean, we do have the benefit of kind of looking back on it and saying, well, these guys, we could, we now notice that we can do without. Maybe we'll kind of see that next year with some of these guys, too. But mm-hmm. uh, it's it's more of the big playmakers this time around, whereas then it was mostly depth other than those couple of guys that I named. If you're losing Jordy and Jennings and Clay Matthews, uh, those are 
about as big of injuries minus Aaron Rodgers that you can have on the team. I would say those probably are the three biggest. Mm-hmm. Um, and Charles, throw Charles Woodson in there for maybe the top four other guys that you could, can't afford to lose. So it's definitely more of the big impact players this time around than it was then. Well, I mean, you, you point to guys like Ryan Grant, who I, you know, I think you probably think this too, but was a little bit undervalued here. Um, mm-hmm. And then Jermichael Finley, who was kind of a half a season at that point, and some would argue he still is only a half a season for his yeah. career production. But you were kind of upset because you lost potential and you lost some really big, big-time important role players on the team. But Clay Matthews, John Kuhn, Charles Woodson, Greg Jennings, and uh, Jordy Nelson, certainly a season worthy of it last year, all pro bowlers yeah. that you're losing. You're not losing anybody. I don't know if anybody that I listed on the 2010 team had ever been to a Pro Bowl. I mean, arguably, you could have said Nick Barnett and Ryan Grant had had seasons worthy of it, and uh, Mark Tauscher as well. But it's it's a different ball game right now as far as who they're missing. And quite honestly, I think that this is a really good team. They've won four games in a row. I would like to point out, however, that their last three opponents that they've beaten, St. Louis, Jacksonville, and Arizona, are a combined 1-12 in since October 1st. And the one win was St. Louis over Arizona. <laughs> uh, so it's not exactly like they're being tested that much. I think the clock is ticking for getting these guys back. If you don't have these guys in the fold by week 14, 15, to the point where they're back in their full capabilities by the start of the playoffs, this team is in big trouble. Oh, for sure. And I think that, you know, it's kind of like a double-edged sword here. It's like you want to get them back because you have to win some games just to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But as we saw with with Jordy, and I know he didn't re-injure the same injury, but getting him back a little sooner than you should have, and I think almost every Packer fan was shocked when he suited up yesterday. Yeah. So trying to get these guys back quick enough to get enough wins to make the playoffs, but then again, if you push them back too early and you make the playoffs but none of these guys can play, you're going to get slaughtered if you have to go to San Francisco or New York and try to win a wild card game. So, um, you know, they got to take each case individually and hopefully start to get some of these guys back because we're not going to win some of these big games down the stretch with all of these guys out, obviously. So uh, let's try to get a couple back, and if the guys – Nope, don't push them back. If they can't make it back until week 14 or 15, like you said, then so be it. But mm-hmm. we're not going to win a playoff game without any of these guys suiting up for us the rest of the year. Yeah, I completely agree. And, and as the NFL landscape has shown, and actually Caleb uh, brought up a, a good subject that we can touch on as well uh, that I didn't tease in the intro, that uh, he <laughs> asked me a question about uh, some of the things I've said in the past and how I would feel uh, given the way the Packers season is going out. So hopefully we can address that Facebook question. But um, as the NFL has shown over the past almost 10 years now that you don't need to be great in the regular season to have a chance to make a run at a Super Bowl, they probably could conceivably lose the way some of the other teams are falling back to the Packers a little bit, they probably could lose another three games and still make the playoffs. Oh, definitely. So, I agree. You don't want to push people back. They got the Lions twice. They got the Vikings twice. They got Tennessee at the Giants at the Bears. So, you even in your kind of injured state, you could conceivably go four and three the rest of the way and still be okay. Ten yeah. and six is going to make it this year for sure, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. So I, I don't think you need to push people back to try to beat the New York Giants as much as you really would like to or try to beat the Chicago Bears. It's tough. I even think in this injured state, if they had to play like this in the playoffs, and then I'll ask for your opinion on this, Matt, but I think they could beat the Atlanta Falcons. I think they could beat San Francisco. I think they could beat the Giants. I think they could beat the Bears in their beat-up state they are right now. But they're not going to beat three in a row, and I think that's the big thing. Yeah, I, you're right. I think... 
they have the potential to beat any of these teams, no doubt, whether they're healthy or even how they are right now. They could come out and feasibly win any of those games, but you're not going to go on a stretch of four straight, which would is likely the path we're going to have to take unless Chicago falls back a little bit here. Um, so, yeah, with that many injuries and an offensive line that's going to be tested against every single one of those teams that we you know, see in the future here, it's going to be rough, so we've got to start. I mean, I think that Bulaga injury is huge too from yesterday as well, which we haven't really talked about too, just because we're so thin there at, at offensive line. But who else do we even have on the team? <laughs> I mean, yeah, after I uh, Evan Dedrick Smith came in, I'm like, who else is left? Is uh, B.J. Raji going to play left guard? Yeah, they must only have I think what one or maybe two backups left on this. I don't know who they are other than Dedrick Smith. Yeah, I, I don't know off the top of my head either. But I think you're right. I, this team at this current state. A lot of these guys we can expect to be back, hopefully for a playoff push. I know Woodson, Benson, some, Jennings, some of these guys are pretty questionable, but we aren't going to go on a Super Bowl run with this current roster. It, it's a lot different than 2010, and I think we need to get at least a few of these guys back contributing at full strength if we want to stand a chance. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> I, c- I couldn't agree more. Uh, I guess let's kind of shift to the positive a little bit and realize that this team has won four in a row. Um, that's quite a winning streak going on. And they, one of the big stories out of yesterday, other than the injuries, is that the offense uh, ran for more yards than they have since the Cleveland Browns game that we were in attendance for in uh, October of 2009, um, around 180 yards rushing. Uh, I thought they looked really, really good rushing the ball. Um, not a power running team by any means, and a lot of those numbers were from Randall Cobb and from uh, Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. But certainly I think it looks like maybe they're going to start using Starks again, and he's not going to be Adrian Peterson, but he definitely looks like he's the guy that's going to move your offense more effectively than, than Alex Green on his own. Yeah, and well, when you look at the stats, Alex Green actually had a better yards per carry than Starks did yesterday as well. So, mm-hmm. I but I thought they both looked pretty good. At, I, you know, Starks still only ran for 3.6 yards a carry on 17 carries. So, I mean, for any other fan base to see a run game like we had yesterday, it'd probably be, you know kind of meh. Yeah. But for us, <laughs> we'd never get to see anything like this. Alex Green getting 4.8 yards a pop. Aaron Rodgers running for over four yards a carry. Randall Cobb on three carries, almost 10 yards. So. All of them together, you know, it was the best rushing performance we've seen in a while. And it was just what I talked about in the in the San Francisco game it, and what we were lacking. And I think it was just more creative than we've we've seen from McCarthy in the play calling in terms of running the ball. And I think that had a lot to do with it because this Arizona defense is pretty good and they have a pretty good front seven for stopping the run. But we were able to be successful anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Randall Cobb, I mean, they're using him almost exactly like they were using Percy Harvin out in yeah. Minnesota in the last few years. So um, it's exciting to see him get a bunch of different opportunities to do things. Uh, Aaron Rodgers running eight times. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if you'd like to see that every week, but certainly was effective with it. Uh, Alex Green did well, uh, actually had a run over 20 yards. And James Starks, I'd like to see him get involved. And, and like I kind of said before, I, I don't think he's ever going to be a, a great, great runner, but the running game works better when he's involved. At least that's what I feel. Yeah, I agree, and I, I haven't always been the biggest James Starks fan. It just seems like it's always around three yards, but it, at least that way it's mm-hmm. it's a it's at least a run game. Whereas yeah. the last couple of weeks we haven't had anything when Green was getting the bulk of the carries. So I think you're right there. And to touch on the Cobb thing that you mentioned too, I mean he was incredible yesterday. The only thing that was kind of depressing was he only had six touches, mm-hmm. um, at least in terms of catches and runs. And you would expect, especially with all the injuries, that he gets the ball a little more, considering every time he touches it, he's doing something special. So, 
Do we want to take him off of punt returns? You know, I was kind of thinking that too. I, I'm thinking that we can take him off kick returns for good. Uh, you see a lot of those guys staying on punt returns because I think there's a little less chance of getting injured. The guys aren't flying down the field quite as far. and mm-hmm. I, th- I think it's okay at punt return. I think he's such a weapon there that you have to keep him there. And I, I would like to see them stick it out with him there, at least for the foreseeable future. But I was just kind of thinking in my head here, I don't think we've ever had a player like this, at least not in our lifetime, somebody mm-hmm. who's so dynamic on offense and, and can do all these different things. We've never really had this dynamic, you know, situational type. Now he's becoming an every-down type guy um, like Randall Cobb has been for us here. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of racking my brain to kind of think of that. Uh, I don't know, maybe the closest would be a young Robert Brooks when they were mm-hmm. giving him some reverses and he was the kick-and-punt returner. Sure. Um, but at that point, he wasn't a very dynamic receiver. So, uh, yeah, I would say this is very unique for the Packers. Uh, maybe uh, Paul Horning or something. Yeah, that's the only name that really popped into my head was maybe Horning. <laughs> yeah, so it's very exciting. And I, I think I agree with you, and that's kind of what uh, I had thought yesterday when we saw him get knocked around on that one punt return is that you do have more chance to control how much contact you're going to take on a punt return. You don't have to pick the ball up and run it, uh, as opposed to a kick return where it feels like uh, there's more danger there. It, there's a spot on the field where once you get up a certain amount of yards, you're going to have some contact. Uh, you're not as likely to run out of bounds. So if they could find somebody else to do kick returns, I would definitely would breathe a lot easier during the game. Uh, but <laughs> they're running out of bodies at every position, so they might have no choice at this point. Right, I mean, who else are you going to put back there? I mean, maybe a guy like Alex Green, but I guess I don't know what he brings to the table in terms of a return guy, because who, the other guys you might put out there are maybe, you know, Sam Shields or Tremont Williams. Shields is out. You don't want to put Tremont back there no, either. No. There's really no other options at this point, unless it's maybe one of these backup running backs or, or somebody like that. There's really no other choice. Maybe maybe Borkins can do it. Who knows? But he's not a, a very fast guy either. Yeah, maybe he's an option, but, again, you're not – you, you kind of want to have that explosiveness back there, too. So maybe you just roll the dice and hope that your unlucky streak ends one of these days yeah. with the injury bug. Speaking of the offense, once again, Aaron Rodgers, kind of a weird day for him. Uh, in his press conference yesterday, he didn't seem very uh, enthused about his performance. He actually used the phrase that he got Jordy hurt with a bad pass, which I think he's being a little self-critical there. Yeah. But less than 50% completion percentage, only 218 yards, but another four-touchdown performance for Aaron Rodgers. And very quietly, he's having one of the best starts to a season in NFL history. Uh, Right now, he's got 2,383 passing yards, 25 touchdowns, five interceptions through nine games. He's only the eighth guy to throw for 25 touchdown passes through nine games, and only uh, one person has thrown fewer interceptions. Uh, This is only since the merger, but there's not many before that that have (laughs) thrown 25 touchdown passes in the whole season. So if you're knowledgeable of NFL history, uh, the years and these quarterbacks will definitely stand out. These are the only other quarterbacks to throw for 25 or more touchdown passes in the first nine games. 2007 Tom Brady... 2004 Peyton Manning when he threw 49 touchdowns, Aaron Rodgers last year, 1984 Dan Marino when he set all the records, 1999 Kurt Warner, interestingly enough, 2004 Dante Culpepper, and 1996 Brett Favre are the only other ones to throw 25 touchdown passes through the first nine games, and most of them had more interceptions than Rodgers had, so weird uh is that kind of what we have to expect from Rodgers from now on even when he's it feels like he's not playing up to his potential he's playing as well as anybody in league history 
Right, and we've gotten absolutely spoiled by him. I you mean, you have a game like yesterday, and he's not happy about it. I mean, maybe we don't come away feeling the best about it. That under 50% is a little a little concerning to me, but, you know, the yardage isn't a big deal. We scored four times, but his receivers did help him out a lot too, though, and some of those, there's no way James Jones should have caught that touchdown. Oh, yeah. Randall Cobb made a couple of nice plays to get into the end zone as well, but, you know, it's it was a good game still. I mean, it's not something to come away, you know, having your head down about. And, and I think we, we've heard all, at least I've heard, you know, in the last few weeks that Matt Ryan seems to be the far and away candidate for MVP, and I know his team's undefeated, but nobody's talking about what Aaron Rodgers is doing, and I think it's because we're so used to seeing it and it's expected. And if it's anything less, like what we saw for a few weeks this year, he, he's going to get ripped apart for it, even though he's still playing better than the majority of the quarterbacks out there. Mm-hmm. And I'm as guilty as anybody of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and maybe that's what I need to do sometimes, is to just check the all-time lists like I did this week. And it was kind of an eye-opener that, wow, I mean, you feel like he hasn't played that well this year at times, and it's one of the best starts in the history of the league. Uh, so I guess my bad, Aaron. <laughs> Moving on to the defense, I don't know what you felt about this one. Uh, Arizona had uh, 240 total yards yesterday. Uh, they had some busted coverages. Uh, I think for the most part, though, the young secondary again, and even when Clay Matthews was out, still rushing the passer, still playing well, uh, still getting off the field on third down. And honestly, some of those long pass plays were just great individual efforts by the Cardinals receivers, and uh, not much the young Packers could do much about it. So I thought once again... Quality of the opponent is a little questionable, but I thought the the young defense with uh, all the backups held their own pretty nicely. Right, and I think that's you know the thing for this game as a whole is that Arizona's not you know a great team, but I, they're a pretty good team. They're a team that with all of our injuries can test you and can beat you. So I think what we did you know on offense against them was was pretty impressive, and I think even though their offense is pretty bad, their offensive line is is awful, they don't have a run game, but for our defense as banged up as it is to hold them, and like you said, most of the plays they were making, like that Fitzgerald touchdown, mm-hmm. I mean, what are you going to do about that? He, he's <laughs> yeah. one of the best receivers we've ever seen, and he's going to find his way to the end zone. So I, I I really come away with this game feeling you know, like it was a nice balanced victory. There was no, other than the injuries, no giant negative coming out of it, nothing that I felt really bad about being like, oh boy, this is going to be an issue coming forward here. So mm-hmm. I think overall, just a really well-balanced win, and I, like I said, other than the injuries, I take pretty much all positives away from this game. I would almost agree with you, except I have one question for you. Mm-hmm. If you're in the playoffs, and you're down by two points on their 30-yard line with four seconds left, would you let Aaron Rodgers throw instead of let Mason you're Crosby right. kick a field goal? And I don't get what it is with him. He seems like such a head case. When he misses one kick, all of a sudden it's the end of the world, and he's going to miss you know, five of his next six kicks. Mm-hmm. And when he's hot, he's hot, and he's one of the best kickers in the NFL. I don't know why it has to be such a streaky thing with him. Uh, yeah, you're right. If he's if the playoffs are going right now, you have to think about going for it and, and not <laughs> kicking the field goal. If he's on one of his cold streaks like this, he has absolutely no confidence mm-hmm. and. I wouldn't put him on the field. I mean, he can't hit a 40-yarder right now to to save his life, and it's it's concerning. Knowing from what we've seen from him in the past, he's going to work his way out of this in time for the playoffs, hopefully. Mm-hmm. But it it's definitely concerning if we get in some close games. Say if he's got to kick one in the next game that we have at the end of the game, you know, his confidence is probably still pretty rattled. It's going to be tough for him to hit a game winner, I think. So mm-hmm. hopefully we can, over the bye week, get his confidence back up and and not have to worry about this going forward because it's a problem right now. You're right. 
And when did that start? Was it that indie game that's still in his head where he horribly botched that final field goal? Was he? Did he miss? I think he might have missed one against New Orleans too. So, right. Um, I mean, they have enough money wrapped up in him, but I, honestly, I'm trying to think outside of the Giants game last year and the first game of his career. I'd be curious to know what his record is uh, for making kicks in game-winning situations. I bet you it's under 50%. Yeah. It seems like he does get a lot of opportunities, but it, it it just seems like it's a mental thing with him because we know physically he can kick it from 65 yards away, mm-hmm. and he can be accurate most of the time. But the only thing standing in his way from being great and probably being the best kicker in the league is it seems like whatever reason mentally at the end of games or when he's on a cold streak, it's, it's too much for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so hopefully he can figure that out. And I've heard people say maybe you bring in a kicker to push him, and that feels like the last thing to do right now. Yeah, considering we're talking about how mentally fragile this guy might be, I think bringing in another guy to push him is probably not the right thing to do. Yeah, I think maybe in the bye week he's just going to have to work it and figure out what's going on and just put your confidence behind him and hope for the best because you're not going to find anybody better you know, at this point in the regular season anyways. And uh, he's a pretty popular guy on the team, so... You know, I guess just got to hope it gets better, and maybe that gives more motivation to the rest of the team to not let it come down to that ever again this year. Right. Okay, so that wraps up our discussion on yesterday's 31-17 victory over the Arizona Cardinals. The Green Bay Packers now head into a bye week, which, as everybody has said, uh, they desperately, desperately need. Hopefully some of these guys can get healthy in the next two weeks. And then they go back on the road again to play at the Detroit Lions, where I'm sure they'll be trying to injure more Packers with a bunch of headbutts and kicks and punches, you know, solid fundamental football. And then also uh, then at the New York Giants, which uh, is going to be a tough game, although they look like they remembered that it's the second half of the season, and so it's time to start losing leads at home and losing games. So we'll, we'll see. <laughs> All right, so now we're going to move on to a segment that should be a lot of fun. In our first episode of the preseason, we made our picks for every team, and uh, we've done this every year before Green and Gold Forever was a thing, and uh, we did it again on the show here. And now since it's the mid-season point, everybody has played at least eight games, we're going to revisit our picks from the preseason, and we're going to either back a pick from each division that we think is going to stand up, or we're going to bail. We could have a mulligan on somebody who didn't turn out to, to be what we thought they were going to be. I couldn't actually, I had to go back and consult yours, Matt. I didn't have them written down. I did have my little cheat sheet here. I was able to get your playoff picks, so I actually put that there so I can remind you. So I, you made some pretty good picks, so I'm just going to play that real quick. Okay. All right, and I have uh, I have Cleveland as my one seed in that bad division, beating up on them. Um, Jacksonville at the two seed. I have the Bills at 3, Oakland at 4, Kansas City at 5, and the Dolphins at 6. I have the Bills beating the Dolphins in the first round, and I have Kansas City beating the Raiders, Jacksonville beating the Buffalo Bills, the Browns beating the Chiefs, and then I have Cleveland beating the Jaguars to go on to the Super Bowl. Um, I think they're good enough to do that. So I think in a week AFC, I think Cleveland is my pick this year. And I have uh, St. Louis at 1, I have Tampa at 2, um, Detroit 3, Washington at 4, winning the East. Carolina, 5, and Arizona, 6. So I have Arizona over Detroit in the first matchup, uh, and Carolina over Washington in the wild card round as well. Uh, I have Tampa, Carolina. This was a tough one for me, but I still am going to pick Carolina to win that game. Um, and then I have St. Louis over Arizona, um, and then I have Carolina over St. Louis in the NFC Championship game. Um, so that lands me with the Browns in Carolina. Um, tough one here, I, but I think Cleveland pulled out in the Super Bowl. 
so, so it's not working out too well for you uh, so far this uh, that year. That was incredible. I had to shut my mic off because I was laughing hysterically. <laughs> that was really well done. Yeah, well, you, just right from your own words. So yeah, you, know, you made some surprising picks, so hopefully you can redeem yourself a little bit here. Yeah, I think Cleveland's still got a chance here. Well, you never know. They might go on a run. In today's NFL, you never can count anybody out. <laughs> Okay, so uh, let's let's move out of the real picks here, and uh, I guess we'll start with uh, how we started the last time, and let's start with the AFC North. Uh, I had Pittsburgh winning at ten and six, Baltimore at ten and six, uh, Cincinnati at six and ten, Cleveland at six and ten. Um, Matt did not actually have Cleveland winning the Super Bowl. He had uh, Baltimore <laughs> winning the division at uh, eleven and five, Cincinnati at nine and seven. Pittsburgh at seven and nine, Cleveland at five and eleven, and uh, for a refresher, the current standings are Ravens six and two, Steelers five and three, Bengals three and five, and the Browns two and seven. So, Matt, who is your bail and who is your back from that division? Well, I'm feeling pretty comfortable with it still, I guess, at this point. And I, I thought the Steelers were going to be my disappointing team of the year. And you know, maybe I would swap the Steelers and the Bengals around from where I had them, but. You know, this is exactly what I thought from Pittsburgh. I thought this defense was too old. I figured they were going to get banged up, that Roethlisberger was going to have to win every game for him, basically, and that's pretty much what's happened so far. So I think Cincinnati's been a little bit of a letdown, but then again, I wasn't sold on them necessarily as being a playoff team anyways. So mm-hmm. I, I think where I have them is good. I, like I said, I maybe swapped those two, but I, I'm feeling good with my pick for the Ravens at the top, and everything else seems to be shaken out about how I thought it was going to. Okay, yeah, and uh, I'm kind of in the same boat. I think I'm going to stick with my guns and say that I, I disagree a little bit and say I think Pittsburgh's still going to win this division. Baltimore just seems so feast or famine with their defense. Now they've had a lot of injuries, especially with two games coming up against Pittsburgh. I don't know if they're going to be able to hold them off. So I'm going to say Pittsburgh still finds a way to win this division at around 10-6, and six, and uh, I'm going to stick with my Bengals pick. I don't think the Bengals are going to recover. I really like this team. I wish they would recover. Uh, I like a lot of the guys on the team, but I just don't see it happening for Cincinnati. This seems to be a trend under Marvin Lewis that they can't have a successful team two years in a row, and I don't think this year is going to break that trend. Uh, let's move on now to the AFC South where the we'll, we'll do the real records first. Houston at 7 and 1, the Colts at 5 and 3, the Titans at 3 and 6 and the Jaguars at 1 and 7. Matt's picks were Houston to be tied for the best record in the AFC at 12 and 4, Tennessee at 7 and 9, Indy at 5 and 11 and Jacksonville at 5 and 11. I had Houston at 11 and 5, uh, Tennessee at 7 and 9, Indy and Jacksonville both at 5 and 11. So the final three teams in the division we completely agreed on back in the summer. Bale, back. Who do you got in this division? Well, obviously I'm going to back Indianapolis, and I don't think anybody saw this coming at all. Um, I, we expected Andrew Luck to play well, but I didn't expect the team around him to be nearly good enough to, to do what they've done, and I really didn't expect him to be this good either, mm-hmm. even though I expected some nice things his first year. So so you're bailing I, on your indie pick. You're saying yeah, I guess I w- I, yeah. you're right. I'm bailing on how... How I picked them, but I'm going to back the team as a whole. Got here. it. But, but yeah, I'm bailing on my pick there, and I, you know, I don't, I don't blame myself for that pick. I think that this is, I'm still shocked that they're five and three. I don't really know how that they've done it other than Locke just playing out of his mind. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, Houston at seven and one probably will finish even better than twelve and four, like I had projected. And uh, Tennessee and Jacksonville, I don't think anybody expected much from. So I, mm-hmm. I'll, uh, I'll bail on my indie pick, and I think that they might sneak in as a wild card. 
Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with that. I, I back all the other teams in the division. Uh, if anything, I might bail on Jacksonville getting all the way to five wins, but I guess we'll uh, stick with that. Uh, Houston might I, – I picked them only to go 11-5, and five, uh, so they'll probably finish better than that, but I'll stick with them winning the division, and i got to bail on Indies 5-11 and because they're already there with eight games to play. Going to the AFC East now, we have New England at five and three, the Dolphins at four and four, Buffalo at three and five, the Jets at three and five. Matt had picked the New England Patriots to be twelve and four, the New York Jets to make a wild card push at ten and six, Buffalo at eight and eight, and your quote was I wouldn't be shocked if they got the wild card and Miami at four and twelve. I had New England at twelve and four, the Jets at nine and seven, the Dolphins at six and ten, and the Bills at six and ten. So who do you bail on? Who do you back? All right, I think this is probably my worst worst division here. <laughs> Pretty much bail on all of them. Uh, I think New England probably won't go 12-4, and four, but they'll easily win that division, and I stand behind that one. But mm-hmm. I think this is probably my biggest bail, is Miami has been so much better than I expected. They're only 4-4, four and four, mm-hmm. but I expected with that talent there, and I didn't think Tannehill would be playing this good, and he's been really, really good so far, uh, especially compared to what I was expecting from him. So I I give them a lot of credit. I think that they've done a lot with the talent they have there, which isn't much. And uh, obviously I have to bail on my Jets pick as well. And I, honestly, I think that they could still be there if they hadn't had all the injuries. I, I really think that this team isn't that bad, and I think it gets blown out of proportion because of the media hype. Mm-hmm. But um, they're not going to go 10-6. They're not going to win the wild card anymore. And Buffalo, I think, 3-5 and five now, but they won't finish 8-8. Eight and eight. They look like one of the worst teams in the league. So mm-hmm. I will uh, I'll bail on Miami and the Jets for sure. I'll kind of s- stick with New England at the top, end, and I think Buffalo is not very good. Okay, yeah, I guess I have to. I, I was pretty close, I guess. I'll have to bail on Miami. I, I would expect they'll probably, the way they're playing right now, they're still young with Tannehill and, and some of the newer guys and the brand-new coaching staff. Uh, I have them at 6-10, and 10, so I, especially with teams like Buffalo and the Jets in the division, I'd be shocked if they didn't win at least two or three more. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess I'll... Uh, I guess I could back any one of these. The Jets at nine and seven. I I don't know. <laughs> That's tough. I guess I would bail on that too. Uh, I don't think they'll get all the way up to there. And I guess oh. I'll back my uh, my Buffalo New England pick. Uh, Buffalo looks horrible. They're gonna have to completely rebuild that team, coaching staff, players, maybe even management. That team's done nothing for a decade, <laughs> so they pretty much need to start over. Uh, I don't know if New England will get to twelve and four, but like you said, they'll win this division pretty easily. All right, and then the final division in the AFC, we have the AFC West, which right now the Denver Broncos are leading with a 5 and 3 record, San Diego at 4 and 4, the Oakland Raiders at 3 and 5 and Kansas City at 1 and 7. Matt, you didn't actually pick specific records on the podcast for the other two, but you had Oakland in last place, you picked Kansas City to go 7 and 9, San Diego 9 and 7 and you said Denver would win. So uh you had them as the four seed, so presumably you had them going around 10-6. and six. Yep, and this is exactly what I was expecting from this division when we picked. I think Kansas City, uh, I thought they were going to be a little bit better, and I don't think I expected Oakland to be quite this bad, but we knew that all these teams were pretty average mm-hmm. going into the season, so I think Denver's been impressive with Peyton, and I think the rest of it has been kind of according to plan. I think I'll, I'll have to bail on Kansas City, because I I didn't think they were going to be good. I didn't think they'd win the division or even really contend, but I didn't think they were going to be 1-7. and seven. It seems yeah. like they have a, a lot of talent on that roster, but they just can't get it done. And Matt Castle is, is atrocious. Brady Quinn's not any better. So <laughs> I'll bail on whatever I had them at, and 1-7 and seven is landed them as the worst team in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. 
And I guess I didn't read my picks here. I had Denver at nine and seven winning the division. I had San Diego at nine and seven. I had the Raiders at seven and nine. And I had the Chiefs at four and twelve, which I believe I said would be the worst team in football. So mm-hmm. obviously I'll back that one. I think somebody on our YouTube page actually disagreed with me in the comments, so I feel a little vindicated on something as yeah, important. I didn't, as my I didn't believe you when you said that one either. I thought that was a bad pick, but you were definitely right on that one. They might not even get to four wins. <laughs> yeah, they might not. I might have to bail on that. But, uh, yeah, Matt Castle's just terrible. I saw the game on Thursday night. It's one of the first times I sat through an entire Thursday night football game. And I saw him when they were down 17-6. to six. And he's getting in his offensive lineman's face. He's trying to motivate. And I wonder what was going through their head. Like, we're down 17-6. to 6. We can't score 11 points in four quarters. We're going to do it in eight minutes? I'm like, I, I guess I don't know. It's got to be frustrating to be on a team that, that appears to, to be in store for some big changes coming up this offseason. But um, we'll see. And I guess I think I'm going to bail on... I don't know. I guess I could back all of these. Maybe I'll bail on Denver and say I think they'll finish better than 9-7. and seven. Um, Sure. I heard a lot of stuff this past week about people already talking about Manning versus Manning in the uh, Super Bowl. Adam Schefter wrote a column where he said that when Denver beat San Diego on Monday Night Football, they unofficially clinched the division, which that seems a little bit premature if you ask me. But people are talking about Denver like they're a heck of a lot better than 5-3, and three, it feels like. But... I think they'll finish better than 9-7. and seven. I'm just not ready to hand them the AFC Championship yet. Yeah, and their record going forward is cake. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's it's like the easiest second-half schedule in the NFL. So I think you're right. I think they probably will finish a little bit ahead of 9-7, and seven, maybe around 11-5 and five even, just mm-hmm. because of how weak the AFC is. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see that. So I guess I'll bail on Denver being 9-7 and seven and say I expect them to be better than that. Okay, and now let's go to the NFC West. Uh, where the San Francisco 49ers are currently leading with a 6-2 and record, Seattle with a 5-4 and record, Arizona, after four straight losses, or five straight losses, uh, is 4-5, and five, and the St. Louis Rams are 3-5. and five. Matt picked this division to be won by San Francisco as well at 10-6, and six. Arizona to go 8-8, eight and eight, Seattle to go 8-8, eight and eight, and St. Louis to be 3-13. and 13. That was the worst team in the NFL, uh, tied for the worst team in the NFL you picked. And I picked the San Francisco 49ers to go 11-5 and five and win the division. Arizona 8-8, eight and eight, Seattle 8-8, eight and, eight, and the Rams at 4-12 and 12, tied for the worst record in the NFL. Uh, so we had some consensus on this. How do you feel about our picks so far? Who are you backing? Who are you bailing on? I think we got to back all of it. I think we're all pretty spot on with all of it. I mean, I think St. Louis will probably win another game this year at some point. But mm-hmm. uh, we have the order right. It looks like Arizona-Seattle might be around that 500 range. And San Francisco easily running away with it. I think that I'll back it all right now. I'd maybe give St. Louis another game, but not enough for me to completely bail on the pick. So I'd say this is a pretty strong division. Yep, I'll agree with you there. San Francisco might win more than 11 games, but we'll see. They've had some stinkers against some not-too-great not opponents. So, Well, I mean, the Giants are a good opponent, but they completely crushed them. So right. they could lose another three. So I'll agree. We'll back the whole deal. Moving on to the NFC East, where this one we might have some discussion on. Right now, the New York Giants are leading with a 6-3 and record, and everybody else is terrible. The Eagles are 3-4 and yet to play this evening. Cowboys 3-5, and the Redskins are 3-6. and Matt, you picked the Giants to win the division at 11-5, and Philadelphia to get a wild-card spot at 10-6, and Dallas to go 9-7, and and Washington to go 6-10. and I picked... The Philadelphia Eagles to win the division at 11 and 5. The New York Giants to be 11 and 5 and be a wild card team. Dallas to go 7 and 9 and Washington to go 5 and 11. So obviously there's a pretty big discrepancy from real life in our picks in this division. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm glad I did go with New York to win this one. It was close for me, I remember, at the time, deciding between them and Philadelphia. So, obviously, I'll back that pick, but I think I'll have to bail on the Eagles. I don't think it's impossible that they turn things around a little bit here, but I, I doubt 10-6 and six is, is re- really going to happen for them. So, And it looks like Dallas is going to finish a little worse than I had expected as well. They might be able to pull off a few more, too, here. but mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll back the Giants and the Redskins pick. I feel like was pretty good, but... Uh, you know, I, I'm having a hard time even just completely bailing on the Dallas and Philly picks mm-hmm. as well because I think that they could go on some runs. I, I'll bail on the Philly one just because I, I really doubt that they're going to go, you know, what, 7-2 and two down the stretch here. Mm-hmm. Maybe finish 9-7 and seven or 8-8, eight and eight, turn things around a little bit, but I don't think that they'll find themselves in the wild card. Well, I have to bail on Philadelphia because I don't think they're going nine and one the rest of the way here. Right. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, not nine and one. Um, eight and one. Sorry. Eight and one. Adding was never my strong suit. Um, <laughs> I don't think they're going to go eight and one down the stretch, so I'll have to bail on Philadelphia um, for now. And the Giants, obviously, I could back Washington back, and I think Dallas. You know, nine and seven, they kind of felt like a nine and seven team so far. So uh, the rest of the division, I feel pretty confident about. Now going to the NFC South, where the Atlanta Falcons are 8-0, Tampa Bay is 4-4, four four. the New Orleans Saints 2-5, Carolina 2-6. Matt's picks, he had Atlanta being uh, one of the best teams in the NFL with a 12-4 record on the back of an easy schedule and indoor games. The New Orleans Saints to go 10-6, Carolina 8-8, eight and, eight, and Tampa Bay to go 3-13. and 13. I picked the Atlanta Falcons to go only 10-6, New Orleans 9-7, Carolina 7-9, Tampa Bay 5-11. We envision this division a little bit different. <laughs> I, we still have the tops of it, right, at least. And yeah. I, th- I thought that Atlanta was primed for a year to have a really good record again, like we've seen from them sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Carolina's been so much worse than I expected. Mm-hmm. It's been kind of shocking. I think that they got all those guys back on defense. Their excuse last year was they were banged up, and now they have everybody, and they look atrocious. And mm-hmm. Cam Newton's having a sophomore slump. Same thing in New Orleans. I mean, I expected them to have a drop-off. But I did not expect two and five. Uh, the, there's a, a must-win tonight game against Philly. That if they don't win that game, they're they're basically out of the playoffs. So mm-hmm. uh, Tampa Bay has been a little better than I expected. Doug Martin was a was a force yesterday, <laughs> and I've never been a big Josh Freeman fan. I guess I still am not, even though they're four and four now. But they've been a little better than I expected as well. I think Vincent Jackson has helped, and they've been better than I expected. So I'll definitely back my Atlanta pick, and they'll probably finish better than twelve and four. But I will. Uh, I'll have to bail on the other three in the back end of this division. Yeah, and I might have to bail on the whole thing. Atlanta's almost to 10 wins right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Carolina just looks like a total mess. Uh, Tampa Bay looks pretty decent, probably will be better than 5-11, and 11, although I'm not sure if they're really a serious playoff threat. New Orleans, part of me wants to back that New Orleans pick at 9-7. and seven. Uh, They're scoring 27 points a game right now, but they're allowing 31, which is brutal. But if they can get just a little bit better on defense... Well, then again, I'm just looking at their schedule. Atlanta twice, the 49ers, the Giants, in Dallas. So <laughs> I guess that probably isn't going to turn around for them. But I guess I'm not 100% sure in saying that New Orleans can't get to 500 this year. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, with a guy like Drew Brees, how can you – they're going to beat some of these teams. I would be shocked if they didn't beat Atlanta at least one of the two times, to be quite honest with you. Oh, yeah, they'll beat some good teams, and they've got enough firepower to do that. But their defense is, is atrocious, I don't mm-hmm. think. If they were to somehow sneak into the playoffs, which you can't imagine is too realistic, but I, I can't imagine that they would be too much of a threat for anybody with how bad that defense mm-hmm. is and how pretty good the, the rest of the offenses are on the teams that are going to be making it as well. So, mm-hmm. I could, like you said, I could see them making a run here and beating some teams that they're expected to lose to, but I, 
I don't think that ten and six is or nine and seven even is probably very likely. Yeah, I'll have to agree. So I'll bail on the whole NFC South <laughs> and say um, sorry to the Bucks and to the Falcons and uh, New Orleans and Carolina. You you're, you disappoint me. And now the NFC North. The actual division standings are the Chicago Bears seven and one, the Green Bay Packers six and three, Minnesota five and four, Detroit four and four. Matt's picks for that division was Green Bay thirteen and three, Chicago ten and six, Detroit. You just said would miss the playoffs. You didn't give a record, so you had New Orleans out at ten and six. So I would assume you had Detroit somewhere in the eight and eight to nine and seven range, and then Minnesota at four and twelve. I had the Green Bay Packers at thirteen and three, Chicago at eleven and five, Detroit at nine and seven, Minnesota at five and eleven. So what is your uh, bail and What's the other one? Back. <laughs> Bail and back. Well, I mean, obviously, I think record-wise, it's it's going to have to bail on pretty much all of them, except for Detroit. I think we'll probably finish right around 500. Mm-hmm. Minnesota's obviously been better than we expected. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team, but you know, five wins is more than I thought they were going to have all year, really. So, mm-hmm. uh, Chicago at 7-1 has been a surprise, but they've got a really tough part of their schedule coming up here, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if they finish closer to that 11-5, and like you said. Uh-huh. I I think they've shown so many holes. I mean, that defense is really good, but I think that they're primed to get exposed in one of these games here, and mm-hmm. and I wouldn't be surprised if they came back down to earth. You mean you're uh, not impressed with their big wins over Tennessee and Jacksonville and Carolina and the Rams? No, yeah, let's see if force that many turnovers against the good team. I mean, obviously, we saw what happened when they played us, one of mm-hmm. the only good teams they've played, and they basically imploded on offense. Their defense was good at getting to Rodgers, but... Uh, weren't forcing the turnovers like yesterday, where I think uh, Peanut Tillman forced four fumbles. Jeez. I was but, glad to yeah. see that they're playing Houston next week. I was expecting to see, like, Northwestern or something with the schedule yeah. they've had recently. Yeah, they have Houston and San Francisco, and obviously us again coming up, so I think that they're going to come back down to earth. But probably finish a little better than 10-6 like I had them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say you're 11-5. and five. It's probably closer, maybe even 12-4, and four, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't think we're going to go undefeated the rest of the way. I had us at 13-3, and three, but... I think that this is going to be a tight division race here, and I think it's going to be big because I don't want to get in the wild card round and have to play New York or San Francisco on the road. Mm -hmm. So I think it's going to be big down the stretch here, and we have a chance to close the gap playing them again here. So I guess I'll have to not completely bail on any of the picks except for maybe Minnesota be playing better than I thought, but Mm -hmm. maybe just change the records around a game or two for the Packers and the Bears. Yeah, I think I'll uh, agree with most of what you said there. I'll back the Chicago Bear pick. Like you said, they might be, you know, a little bit over 11 and 5, but I think that's right around what they'll be. Like you said, just real quick, Houston 49ers twice against Minnesota, which they might split. Still have to play at Detroit, which could be tough, and then uh, they have to play the Packers again. So, and even at Arizona, you never know what that could be. So, I think they could maybe lose another four games out of that. But I'll say right around that. Uh, I'll have to bail on everybody else. I would be shocked if the Packers got to 13. I would be a little bit shocked if they got to 12, quite honestly, with their injury situation, with the fact that they got some really tough road games coming up. Yeah, I'd, I'd say 11 is a pretty good target. To shoot. Yeah, 11, even 10, I think I would be okay with. I think just they get, just got to get to 10 with the NFC and make sure that when you some of the teams that you get to to get to 10, you have to beat along the way. Like uh, you'd like to keep Minnesota down, things like that. But I don't think the Packers have any shot at going 13-3 in all honesty, other than mathematics right now. And Detroit, I don't think will get to nine and seven. I almost would be a little bit surprised if they got to 500 at this point. And Minnesota at 5-11, so uh, I think they'll win one <laughs> the rest of the way at least. All right, and let's go to our playoff picks here because those are uh, the important ones. 
We'll start with uh, you, Matt. Of course, you had Cleveland winning the whole thing. <laughs> uh, you had Houston as the one seed in the AFC, New England as the two, Baltimore as the three, Denver as the four, the Jets at five, Cincinnati at six. Uh, obviously, we made some picks there, so um, we we just went through all the records. You can kind of do them there. Who do you think's going to make the playoffs now? Let's just start from scratch. Sure. What is going to be your six playoff teams in the AFC in order right now? So I'll keep my top four the same: Houston, New England, Baltimore, Denver. And I think for wild cards, uh, this is tough, but I, I think I'll I'll put Pittsburgh in as the number one wild card. I don't think they're real good, but I think that they can at least make it in in this week conference and. That last one's tough. Uh, I think I will go with Indianapolis. I wouldn't be as shocked if it was San Diego, but I think I'll have Indy sneaking in as that last wild card. Okay. I had New England as one, Texans two, Steelers three, Broncos four, Ravens five, Chargers six. I'm actually going to stick with my top five there. I think I would flip-flop the... Actually, no, I'm, I'm going to stick with that. I think I think the Patriots can still... You know, they got some winnable games coming up. Um, Houston does too, but, you know, Houston's a younger team. I think they might give more away than New England will. I know it's a little bit to catch up, but I guess I'll just stick with my guns and keep it in that order. Uh, as far as a team to uh, <laughs> to replace them with, I'm tempted to go Indy, but I don't know if they can sustain it, honestly. You know what? I think I'm going to stick with my group here. Uh, mm-hmm. The Chargers get to play the bad division that they're in. I'm going to stick with my six, uh, Patriots, Texans, Steelers, Broncos, Ravens, Chargers. I'm going to stick with all six of those. Sounds good. All right, in the NFC, Matt, you had Packers 1, Atlanta 2, San Francisco 3, Giants 4, Chicago 5, Philadelphia 6. All right, sounds pretty good. I think I'll swap around Atlanta, and, man, this is tough for me because I still don't know who I think is going to win the NFC North. But I think I'll go Atlanta 1, Chicago 2. Then, obviously, the Packers would be out of the wild card. So I'll say San Francisco 3. Giants four, Packers five, and that leaves one of these other bad teams sneaking in as a as a wild card. Which man, I am not sold on anybody. I'll go with Seattle just because I think they can maybe go nine and seven, or maybe sneak out a ten and six, which would be good enough. So okay. I guess I'll go with Seattle as my six. Um, I think I'm going to agree with you on that. I think Seattle they're so tough to beat in that if they go eight and zero at home, mm-hmm. they're in the playoffs. I think honestly and. They, they seem to never lose there since they built that stadium. Uh, I think I'm going to agree with you as far as Seattle being that last team. Uh, I had Packers 1, Niners 2, Eagles 3, uh, Falcons 4, Bears 5, Giants 6. I'm disagreeing with you a little bit, and I'm, I feel like I'm not being too much of a pessimist. I don't think the Packers are going to catch the Bears. I think they're too beat up. I think the Bears still have some winnable games, and I don't <laughs> think they're going to lose all of those tough games. Right. Um, so I think the Bears will still finish around 11-5, and 12-4. I don't think the Packers can get to that level. So we'll see, but I hope they do. Um, actually, I hope that a whole bunch of Dome teams rise up, and they all get the home field advantage, yep. and the Packers can play them. But So I'll say Atlanta 1, Chicago 2. I'll Stick with San Francisco at three, the Giants at four. Um, I'll say the Packers at five, so that's a, that'll be a fun game at the Giants. And then uh, number six will be Seattle to open up at San Francisco within the division. All right, so out of your new picks, uh, who are your conference uh, title games and your conference champions? All righty. Um, I think I'll kind of stick with the same as what I had. You know, going on the road to New York isn't doesn't look promising for what I have, but I think I'll still go Green Bay, Atlanta, which is my original pick, and I think I'll just stick with it, um, assuming that still works out with the new seedings here. But yeah. either either way, I think that'll be my conference championship game 
and I'm going to stick with the same thing I had, so I'm going to say Packers over Falcons into the Super Bowl, and I'm going to go the same in the AFC, too. I think I'm still feeling pretty confident, uh, Houston over New England, and I, you know, I'm I'm hoping that's the Super Bowl, at least after what we saw from the regular season matchup, because I, I think that I'd be comfortable sticking with my pick of Packers over Texans in the Super Bowl. So mm-hmm. I'm still looking pretty good there, and I, I'm going to stick with my pick, just you know, to kind of stick to my guns and do with what I went with at the beginning of the year. Okay, um, I guess that I can't really argue with that too much. I had the Packers-Eagles in the NFC Championship, but I don't even have the Eagles in the playoffs anymore. And then uh, the Patriots against Pittsburgh, who I had going on quite a run and actually upsetting the Houston Texans. Uh, in the NFC, I think Atlanta will be there just because one of these years you think they're going to have to win one of those playoff games. Uh, they're going to be at home uh, with some of the lesser teams that are in the playoffs. Jeez, I don't know. Do you do you think Atlanta beats Chicago or beats San Francisco or I mean, the Packers if they're a wild card team would likely go to Atlanta if they won that first mm-hmm. game. Um, gosh. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, we haven't seen it in the past from them, but you kind of feel like at some point they have to break through. Yeah, I, I guess I'll stick and say Atlanta's going to go in. Problem is, if Atlanta goes in with the way I set things up, then I don't think that Green Bay does. Um. You know what? You can't be a homer all the time. Um, I think the team has the potential to do it, but you can't do it all the time. And <laughs> I think Atlanta will go, and quite honestly, I think the Bears are going to go. Um, and then in the AFC, I, I think New England will go. They're really tough to beat if they get that first round by. They're almost, other than two years ago, I guess, and three years ago, um, I think at this point they're pretty automatic in that in that round, so they'll probably be playing a pretty lousy team as well. Mm-hmm. So I think they'll go. And uh, I don't think he, uh, I don't think Pittsburgh's as good as I thought they were. So I'll I'll go with your pick of Texans Patriots, and then I'll go with uh, I'll shamefully go with Chicago against the Atlanta Falcons. So I guess my Super Bowl is going to be Houston and New England. Um, this feels like a game that New England wins to to me for some reason. One of these years they're going to have to lose, so maybe I just don't see enough New England games, but. I, this feels like a game New England wins uh, against the Houston Texans, so I'll, I'll pick the Patriots to actually go back to the Super Bowl. And if the Falcons play the Bears, I think the Bears are going to go. And, ugh. <laughs> a little 85 rematch? <laughs> yeah. New England crushed the Bears the last time they played, so I can't imagine Tom Brady losing three Super Bowls. Uh, his last three Super Bowls if this happens, so I don't know. I, I'll pick the Patriots, but oh my gosh, I'm making myself sick with my picks here. Uh, Packers, let's get healthy, please. What do you think about the Bears winning the Super Bowl? Happy, excited, or uh, not that oh. <laughs> No, not, not excited. And <laughs> okay. Luckily, it's just you picking it, and it's not reality yet. I, I think that they, they could make it, but I, I don't see how they beat you know, New England in the Super Bowl. I'd, yeah, I don't think they would either. I, I'm picking. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would rather not even see them get there. Obviously, so hopefully that doesn't happen. Yeah, but if they happen, I guess you know everybody can have their day once in a while. Last time they won a Super Bowl, we were what, you know, in negative years. So let them have a Super Bowl if it has to be done. But anyways, that concludes our look at our own picks and our projections for the rest of the season here. 
Let's actually go to social media here because not only do we have a little topic to talk about here, but we also would like to hear your picks. Who do you think is going to be in the conference championships? Uh, who do you think is going to be in the Super Bowl? So let us know some of your predictions that didn't pan out and what you think is going to happen for the rest of the NFL season. You can go to Facebook, which is Green and Gold Forever Podcast on Facebook. You can tweet at us, at Green Gold Forever. That's the number four on Twitter. You can go to greengoldforever.podbean.com, which would be a great place to do it in the comments section below the podcast you're likely listening to right now. Uh, just click on down there and type in your comments. And uh, also you can always uh, email us at greenandgoldpodcast at gmail.com. Right now we're going to actually real quick talk about a subject on Facebook here that was brought up and read some of the other comments that were shared with us. And uh, with Facebook, we have our Facebook manager, Matt. Okay, so the first one here was was you had posted that despite losing more players to injury, we won our fourth straight game. Um, can we make a title push if these many stars are up for the long term? Bethany says, look at 2010, for example. Uh, we were riddled with injuries from the start, and every week it seemed like someone else went down. We found talent in our backups, and we can even see that a little bit already with our defense. I think we'll be okay as long as Rodgers stays healthy. So I think we, we kind of agreed with her a little bit there that if Rodgers stays healthy, we still have a shot, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we kind of touched on this a little bit, too, that we think that the, the players we're losing are a little bit different than 2010. But mm-hmm. she's right. Our backups are coming in, playing well. Casey Hayward's playing well. Some of these other guys, Drell Worthy, stepping up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think I think she is right that I think we still have a chance with A-Raja, but I, I don't think it's quite the same as 2010. Pretty much echo exactly what you said. They're dangerously close to their injury-breaking point, so they can't lose anybody else, basically. Right. All right, and then I really like this one. Caleb, our <laughs> listener, says, I notice Eric talks about the Giants being undeserving of their recent Super Bowls a lot. Uh, if the NFC landscape looks similar, how does it now at the end of the year, Packers filling a wild card spot, what would you, your feelings be if the Packers won the Super Bowl? Would we be just like the Giants? So, and this is something that you bring up a lot, that it kind of drives you nuts that the Giants have won the Super Bowl. So how do you respond to that? Somebody kind of calling you out here. <laughs> We're in the same position as the Giants might have been. Well, um, first of all, I would be ecstatic if the Packers won the Super Bowl, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Um, I'm not uh, I'm not above being a hypocrite. Um, the Packers that won the Super Bowl as a 10-6 and 6 team are different than the Giants that won. The, the Packers were the second best team in point differential in 2010. They hadn't trailed by four points ever at any point in the season. They didn't lose a game by more than four points, which had only been done by the best Super Bowl champions in the history of the game. So the Packers were a really different 10-6 and 6 team. Uh, you can look at what happened to that team. They lost two games to the two teams that got the first round buys on a last second field goal, 20-17. to 17. And then they lost a pair of games in October when they lost Clay Matthews at the half. Uh, they didn't have Clay Matthews at all in the second game. And then in December, they lost a, two games in a row, one where Aaron Rodgers got injured at the half, and then the second game where he didn't play at all. So they lost their two best players for two stretches, and it cost them some games that otherwise they might have won. So they kind of were a really good team masqueraded as a 10-6 and 6 team. And I'm not just saying that as a homer. The evidence backs it up. Statistically, they're one of the strongest Super Bowl champions we've had in the last 5-10 years. With that being said... If they won with this team, they're kind of a run in the middle of a lot of stuff. I don't know what that would mean as far as anything. I think I would kind of feel, I'd feel a little bit better about them than I do about the Giants because the Giants were so bad statistically in both of their Super Bowl championship teams. But I think, I don't know what it says about the league if 
you have the Packers riddled with injuries winning two Super Bowls and then the Giants just being a terrible football team, not a terrible football team, but like a lesser playoff team winning two Super Bowls and having that happen kind of together. I don't know. If anything, it would just challenge my own personal, uh, uh, I guess, thoughts about the NFL history and make me reevaluate what it means to be a good team. I really don't know what that would mean. And part of me would kind of just laugh the way I laughed at the Giants winning another World Series. Um, it, sports is weird right now. It doesn't seem to matter what happens in the regular season in any sport right now. I mean, I know Matt's upset because there's no hockey this year, but yeah. in, in the spring, you know, an eight seed uh, dominated through the whole playoffs. Uh, so I don't know what that means. If anything, it'll just challenge my own personal uh, feelings about the NFL that the Super Bowl champions ain't what they used to be. Not that that's for better or for worse, but it's just different. Um, I, I wouldn't put a two-championship Green Bay Packer team in the same league as the Denver Broncos of the 90s, of the New England Patriots, uh, even the Raiders teams in the late 70s and 80s, or any of the Redskin teams. I don't think the Packers even would go in that class quite honestly but they'd be better than the Giants right and I'm a little torn on this one in terms of the Giants anyways I'm not quite as hard on them as you are and I think that you're right the sports sports is different now and really all it takes is I think that they were a talented team when they won both Super Bowls it's just they decided not to play in the regular season for whatever reason Mm -hmm. all you need to win a championship nowadays is a talented team that gets hot at the right time so Mm -hmm. you know Eli's a good quarterback they have those pass, pass rushers. They've had some really good wide receivers. For whatever reason, they don't do it in the regular season. You know, for whatever reason, you know, the San Francisco Giants, to use that example, is a great one. And and even us, you know, we might not do it during the regular season, but with as much talent as there is on these teams, all they have to do is get hot. And then mm-hmm. if you have enough talent, that's all that you need, really, mm-hmm. is to be the one team with the momentum. So mm-hmm. I don't quite put us on the same pedestal as the Giants. Like you mentioned, I think our, our 10-6 and 6 team was a lot better than – the regular season teams that the Giants had when they won their two Super Bowls, but mm-hmm. I think this year would be would be different because we're not as good as we were in 2010, mm-hmm. and we have a lot more injuries and a lot more holes. I feel like, especially on defense, so I feel like this might be a little bit more of a Giants team, even though we have Aaron Rodgers than uh, than 2010 was. So maybe this year would be a little bit more fluky than that one was. Oh yeah, I, I agree completely with that. This year would be very Giants esque. Um, it still would be better than last year's team, but. The 2007 team was better than the 2011 team of the Giants that won the, mm-hmm. the Super Bowl. And I think that's just what the NFL is now, and I don't know if it's because of expansion. It seemed to kind of, uh, I might, and I promise I'm going to publish this week my blog post about the top five teams I hate the most that I've been teasing for the past two weeks. I actually had a problem with the website this past weekend, so I wasn't able to put it on there. But I actually was working on something about the 1999 season. That seems to kind of be the breaking point, where after that, everything just gets weird, where you get worst-to-first stories every single year. And... There's so many teams now, I think, since they've added, you know, in the last 17 years, they've added four more teams, that it feels like that the difference between the best teams and the worst teams, the top half and the bottom half, is huge in the NFL. But the difference between the worst best team and the best best team is hardly anything, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, I I get what you're saying. Worded kind of strangely, but you're right. that (laughs) You know, minus... Take out like the bottom couple of teams, and anybody can beat anybody on any given day. And mm-hmm. and all the teams that are there's nobody who's completely elite, but all the good teams are are right there with mm-hmm. each other. There's nobody that stands out, even with an undefeated team like Atlanta this year. You don't feel mm-hmm. from watching them that they're 
that much better than everybody else at the top. Mm-hmm. So a, a team like Green Bay, who's got three losses, is is right there with an undefeated Atlanta team mm-hmm. um, amongst plenty of other teams around the league, too. So mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think that uh, the grouping at the top is so cluttered that all you need is a little momentum, and, and they're good enough to take it then if, if that's all you need in the playoffs is just a little bit of momentum. All of the teams that make it pretty much are, are good enough to win it. Yeah, and I think, too, that a lot of those records can, if they're all the same, but you get weird discrepancies in records, like last year with a, you know, 15 and 1 team losing to a 9 and 7 team, it almost, it just happens to who's on your schedule because there's so many, like that dividing line I kind of was not very eloquently putting, the, the difference between the, the playoff caliber teams, teams who aren't in the playoffs, is so huge that if your team, that's a playoff caliber team, like the Packers last year, maybe get more teams than the Giants did that are in that lower tier. That are There's so many teams like the Jaguars and the Browns uh, that just don't have a prayer on a given week of even competing with some of these teams, um, unless they're playing each other, <laughs> it seems like. Uh, so I don't know. It just it seems like if you're Atlanta, like in 2010, and you get a few extra of those really, really bad teams, you might be the exact same team as Green Bay, but you're going to be three games better, and then it's going to look weird when you lose in the playoffs. Right. So uh, I guess that's where I stand. I don't know if I uh, articulated that all that well, but um, if the Packers win the Super Bowl, I'll be really, really happy, but I'll be able to admit that uh, – they're definitely not in the top tier of Super Bowl champions. At least they haven't shown that they would be at this point in the season. All right, so if anybody else wants to add any debate topics or anything, you can go to our Facebook page, like we mentioned, Twitter, uh, write it underneath this podcast at Podbean, and uh, just interact with the show. We want to hear what you guys think. Uh, me and Matt think we're a couple of uh, a fun guys to listen to, but we'd like to hear what you guys have to say as well and, and share some of your opinions. Uh, so uh, get on there and uh, let us know what you think. All right, so we move on to next week where the Packers are off, but Green and Gold Forever is not off. We'll be back. We'll have another show next Monday, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the the season to come for the Green Bay Packers, but we're going to have a double dip of some of our special features next week. We're going to do a What If episode, and we're also going to do another Crossfire episode. So if you have any topics to be discussed in Crossfire, uh, and if you don't know what that is, listen to last week's show where we debuted it, or submit a What If topic, and uh, maybe we'll use some of the stuff that that you have shared. So uh, look forward to that, and I hope everybody goes to the Podbean page and checks out some of the things we have there. Uh, other than that, uh, Matt, have a great week, okay? Okay, yeah, you too. <laughs> okay, thanks. Um, we'll uh, talk to you guys next week. Take care, everyone.